I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Hey, listener out there, did you know that iTunes doesn't let you charge for podcasts? True story. Now, it's not that we want to charge for our show. No way. But if we were a band... And let's be honest, the show is nothing except us living out our band fantasies. If that hasn't been clear to you now, I don't know what is. This is as close as we get, <laughs> folks. But uh, if we were a band, lots of people would buy our songs for 99 cents. And lots of people would download them illegally. But the point is, we'd at least have some money to cover the bills around here. That's true. The episode you're about to hear is our 57th episode, which is like the equivalent of four full-length albums. Or 20 10 inches. <laughs> which means right about now, we'd be rehab millionaires working on some overwrought concept album that people would only like in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not doing that. We're just creating more dinner party downloads than ever. One a week for at least the next month or so. During that time, we have a chance to show our bosses that people value the DPD. You can't pay for us on iTunes. The only way you can do it is by going to our website. It is www.dinnerpartydownload.org and making a contribution. If any of our anthems, power ballads, or summer jams have ever made you smile, then please send us a few bucks at dinnerpartydownload.org. And now... Prepare to rock. Here's your icebreaker. So here's one I've been telling recently. How did the third grader know that his mom was on acid? I don't know how. She packed him a lunch of peanut butter and ghosts. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Clay Weiner, director of the upcoming Fred the Movie. And if you haven't heard of it, you must be over 15. That's right. Coming up, author Gary Steingart, Therapy Dogs, The Soap Opera Soap Opera, Amplified Axes, Killer Fries, and The Opposite of Light, Light, Light. But first, time for Small Talk. So, Rico, this week, the headlines were all about payback. All right, prove it. Emotional and otherwise. A year after filing for bankruptcy, GM reported a $1.3 billion profit. That must feel good. A judge ordered Wells Fargo to return $200 million of overdraft fees to its customers. That's something I can get behind. They better not be late with their payment. And (laughs) flight attendant Steven Slater made office workers everywhere wish they had inflatable slides in their offices. Yes, this is, of course, the (laughs) flight attendant who quit his job by grabbing some beers off a beverage cart and sliding out of the plane. God bless Amazing. They should give you that option when you board a plane now instead of paying for your luggage. That's true. I'd pay extra for that. Sure, that's better than a baggage fee. For far less inspirational stories, we turn to our colleagues at Marketplace. Delasi Michelis, web developer for Marketplace. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? I'm going to be talking about Gmail, which is Google's popular online email service. Why, for any particular reason? Well, they're well known for giving users a generous amount of space to store their email messages, almost unlimited. But one guy named Mike Montero is, uh, we believe, the first person to run up against the, the limit. Wait, he filled his Gmail account? Exactly. Did he try to like physically attach the entire state of Texas to one of his emails? Or maybe he tried to attach a copy of Google's earnings for the last 10 years. Chrissy Clark, sustainability reporter. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? So the Harvard Business Review reported on this poll from askmen.com that says that 60% of young men, if they had the chance, would punch their work colleagues in the face. <laughs> 
Is it wrong of me to think that that seems like a small number? Well, considering that I'm looking at you right now and I work with you, I'm a little bit worried. How old are you, Rico? Alas, not that young. (laughs) Old enough that the only people I want to punch in the face are young men. Yes. For being young. Stacey Vanek Smith, senior reporter for Marketplace. What's your story? Brendan, soap operas are on the decline. Really? I know. As the world turns got replaced, getting lights been canceled, there are only six uh, soaps left. That's like less than half of what there were in the 70s. How do you know the industry's really dying? Couldn't it be the industry's identical twin? And we're going to find out next year the industry's still alive? <laughs> yes, in a dramatic comeback. It just had amnesia. <laughs> and now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history and then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is a house with old plumbing that leaks booze. This old (laughs) booze house. Uh, First, the history. This week back in 1937, George Beecham patented his greatest invention. We doubt the folks at your dinner party will have any idea what that invention was. Thanks to our friend Michelle Philippi, you're about to. The next time you walk home deaf after a rock concert, thank George Beecham. See, in the 1920s, George was a lap steel guitarist. He loved to play Hawaiian melodies. But it was the big band era, and bands were so big, you couldn't hear a guitar melody over the din. So George was determined to amplify his axe. First, he had a cone stuck on it, like a megaphone. Not loud enough. Then he started a company making hollow metal guitars. Still too quiet. Finally, he studied electronics and invented a solution. The guitar pickup. It turned a string's vibrations into electric current, which went to an amp, which could be turned way up. A year later, George's company produced the first electric guitar. It had a long neck and a round body. They called it the frying pan. And to get people's attention, they also named it after George's business partner because he had the same last name as his famous cousin, Flying Ace Eddie Rickenbacker. The Rickenbacker frying pan made its concert debut in 1932. Soon, all sorts of musicians wanted instruments they could crank to 11. There were Rickenbacker electric violins, electric cellos, and Harpo Marx ordered a Rickenbacker electric harp. The only problem? The U.S. Patent Office couldn't decide whether the frying pan was an instrument or an electric device. It took him five years to figure it out. Meanwhile, competitors swiped the idea. Embittered, George bailed out of the music biz and spent his last days perfecting a different stringed instrument, the fishing pole. He patented lures and died at sea. So that's the history. Now for the drink to serve along with it. I am speaking with Megan Jones. She's a bartender at the Crosby Restaurant in Santa Ana, California, where the Rickenbacker International Corporation is still making electric guitars. Megan, what drink does that history inspire you to make? The first thing that I thought of was something that would taste electric itself. Something shocking. So I came up with electric lemonade. You know, I've actually seen that on many a uh, cocktail menu. What? I'm doing it with a new kind of trendy twist. Um, I'm starting off with vodka, one and a quarter ounce. And then next we will add a 
quarter ounce of St. Germain's elderflower liquor. That's the modern twist, because I am seeing that now in cocktails all over the place. Yes. It's sweet. What's the electric part? Well, the electric part is, of course, freshly squeezed lemonade. It can't be from a concentrate. And then either your favorite soda water I actually oh. like ginger ale. Some sizzle, something fizzy in there. Yes. That cranks it up. This is, I, I have to say, I actually thought about this. This is an appropriate theme for a cocktail because I've noticed that as people drink, they get louder and louder. Oh, they do. <laughs> Let me tell you, I hear it all. I definitely hear it all. I love that that guy worked on fishing gear as well. Like, <laughs> did he invent the double neck rod? He worked on lures. Not, not on the rod. Oh, the famous flying V lore with the uh, hot pink pick guard. That, that, was... that was hot. Big haired fish everywhere. <laughs> Loved it. You could totally shred with that thing. <laughs> uh, people, we've got a rare recording of a guy named George Brewer playing the Rickenbacker frying pan back in 1932. Check it out at dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is Gary Steingart. He's been named by The New Yorker, one of America's best young writers, and he has a new book out called Super Sad True Love Story. It's a satire about modern America as well as a love story. Gary, part of what makes your book work is that uh, the America of the near future you describe kind of seems possible, you know? Yeah. China rules the world. Mega corporations loom over all of our decisions. These, these are really close to the current headlines. I was wondering, as you were writing this, how did you stay ahead of the headlines? Oh, my God, it was a disaster. When I started writing in 2006, I thought, okay, the worst that could happen, Lehman Brothers collapses, and maybe GM and Ford begin to totter on the brink. And as I started writing it, it all started to happen. So I had to make things worse and worse and worse. In the end, I said, all right, the hell with it. We're just going to have the whole country collapse and be bought out by a Norwegian hedge fund. Now, this book isn't just a satire of modern America, but it's also a love story. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, about the May-September romance that lies at the heart of this book. Uh, it, well, this would be like May-August. There's, <laughs> there's 15 years separating Lenny and Eunice. Lenny is 39, is the son of Russian immigrants. Uh, Eunice Park is 24. She's the daughter of Korean immigrants. But in fact, those 15 years may as well be 300 years because they are so different. Lenny is still from that old generation that actually reads books, that actually tries to find some meaning in life and some contemplation, uh, whereas Eunice is from a younger generation where she's probably the smartest person of her generation, but it's still a generation that has been reared entirely after the advent of the iTelegraph and all these other things that we have now in our pockets. And it's a generation that only knows a country in decline and only knows uh, one goal, which is to shop. Gary, we have two standard questions in our show. And And the first question is, if we were sitting next to you at a dinner party, what question should we not ask you? I guess the question is, you know, why don't you work out more? Uh, People (laughs) always ask me that, you know, because nowadays everyone is supposed to look really great. Everyone around me, even in the intelligentsia, everyone is just so well-muscled and well-defined. It is outrageous. I mean, I I think about what happened to this world. Every time you read a profile, it's like Rahm Emanuel wakes up at 5 a.m. and goes swimming. Barack Obama goes to the gym every day. You know, JFK used to, like, get high with astronauts. Yeah. What happened to that world? Why did they turn the tables on us? It's true. <laughs> Sex in the missionary position was his only exercise. And now everybody has to talk about how many crunches they did. Yeah, this crunch culture must die. <laughs> I hope it dies. Okay, so our second question is, tell us something we don't know, either about you or about the world at large. Well, my best friend is a dachshund. He's a wiener dog. 
Um, and what's his name? His name is Felix. He's really sweet. He's long-haired. He's sort of like a therapy dog because I can't always afford my analyst. And he just sits there behind me and he goes, <laughs> woof, which means what else comes to mind about that? <laughs> and then grr, which means, and how did that make you feel? That's touching. So I grew up with a dachshund myself, actually. Uh, Doxy. Aren't they? Doxy was her name. Doxy. Oh. She ran the family, frankly. She was she was a tough German lady. Yeah. <laughs> Felix is a Jewish dog. He's he's got he's got a lot of pathos too. You know, he's oh. been through a lot. He was the runt of the litter. So wait, he's a long-haired Jewish dog. Does he listen to a lot oh. of fish? A lot of string cheese incident. <laughs> he's got decent taste. There's a lot of craft work we listen to. I mean, that's sort of our. We don't work out, but that would be our workout music if we ever did anything. So, Rico, it's, this might sound kind of weird, but my best friend growing up was also a dachshund. Really? Which is actually why I'm in therapy now, as, oh. a, as opposed to getting therapy. Maybe you should hire Felix. <laughs> By the way, isn't a schnauzer like the most Freudian of all animals? <laughs> yeah, but they're cute dads. Oh, I God. Mean, I mean dogs. <laughs> uh, folks, tell us all about your pets on Facebook. Don't. Or not. We're at <laughs> facebook.com slash dinner party download. And you can tell us about your mother, too. So we heard from our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we learn about food. So, Brendan, tis the season for state fairs. Hallelujah. Yay. Our nation's research centers for heart attack induction. That's right. Last year, Brendan reported on the state fair invention known as deep fried butter. <laughs> and this week at the Indiana State Fair, they introduced the donut burger. That is a hamburger with two donuts for a bun. I'm kind of strangely intrigued by that one. Oh, me too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, now, I don't even know when the California State Fair happens, but I don't need to because there is a state fair worthy food item rolling around the streets of L.A. as we speak. It's found at a food truck called Fresh Fries. The other night I met up with owners Roxana Giovati and Nicole Markarian to taste a dish that takes French fries to a whole new diabetic level. It's called the peanut butter cup. We top it with a scoop of Nutella, a scoop of peanut butter, and we throw a little bit of powdered sugar on top of that. Because it wasn't enough sugar before that. Because you needed something even sweeter, yeah. I have to give you props for not putting bacon on it. Oh, no, well, we're vegetarian, so we're not gonna. <laughs> Which just goes to prove that being a vegetarian does not mean that you're especially healthy. Yeah, well, we try. So where, where did this idea come from? Was it passed down from generations of... It was actually kind of a fluke. We would have friends over at, before we started our business, and we would have them sample different toppings, and then people just started mixing everything and, you know. It was not part of the plan. They were just, oh, this sauce on top of this sauce. I was like, peanut butter on fries, ill, disgusting. And then we tried it out and we we're like, oh, no, this is really good. And I'd say you hardly ever get peanut butter and Nutella together since they're two, you know, Americans love peanut butter and Europeans love Nutella. So this is kind of a way to bring nations together. Exactly. Do people order it? People definitely order it. And you know what? It just takes one person in the crowd to get one and everyone ooze at it. You get a lot of followers after that. Now, what percentage of those people are stoned? Oh, I have no idea. That would be a good poll to try to figure out. Uh, what kind of peanut butter are you using? Is there a secret? Regular Nutella and regular Skippy smooth peanut butter. You don't even go for the natural peanut butter? No. <laughs> for what? We do use vegetable oil, though. <laughs> All right, can I try this thing? Of course, yeah. Let me make one for you. Here you go. Peanut butter cup. All right, I'm going to try this. Hold on. Now, I have a question for you. Which is? Are you stoned? <laughs> 
No, I am not, but uh, I have a feeling I'm about to go to another place. Yeah. It is, it is really a mound of starch. This is actually meant to be shared. You're in America. No one's going to share. I know. We try to put more forks on there to encourage it, but... That's kind of you. Whatever you want to do. You're an idealist. Hold on, I'm going to try one of these. Oh, my God. Good? It's really good. <laughs> now, here's a, I was actually thinking on my way down here. When I was little and I went to Wendy's, I would always dip my french fries in the Frosty, the, fr the Wendy's Frosty. Well, we have little ice cream cups if you want. But what is it about french fries that apparently you can dip them in anything and it works? I don't know. They're beautiful. The potato's beautiful. You can do anything with a potato, really. So, Rico, that sounded disgusting but yummy. That's, <laughs> you I think, what they're going for. You live to tell the tale about it. Hells yeah. <laughs> Your plasma is now Nutella. <laughs> My question is, are there any normal trucks left in Los Angeles? I mean, like, what if you wanted to deliver a package <laughs> or, like, I don't know, you're a plumber and you wanted a truck for your trade? I don't <laughs> think those are around anymore. That's old school. <laughs> you can't even mail a letter. It's like, in instead, they're like, sorry, um, can't help you with that, but <laughs> I have a llama popsicle in the back. And locally sourced. And that's the dinner party download for this week. Thanks this time around to Jackson Musker and Nathan Rule for helping us set the table. And now we leave you as always with one for the road, a road clogged with lunch trucks, a tune to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. And this week I'd say it's a driving home song. It's from Minneapolis band Dark, Dark, Dark. Last week one of the band members told us a joke. Uh, their forthcoming album is anything but that. Here's their tune, Daydreaming. Bon appétit. Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And if you could do us a favor, remove the blue M&Ms and give us a donation at dinnerpartydownload.org. That's right. Don't forget to support the band.